Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Öztoyjan and today I'm pleased to welcome three young people living in Cyprus who participated in the first local conference of youth on the island. The conference took place on the 1st and 2nd of October last year, where our Mission Civil Affairs section hosted the first group of youth who wanted to join hands and contribute to the fight against the climate crisis and increase the island-wide debate on the issue and empower their peers to have a voice on environmental issues. So, without further ado, I would like to invite my guests to introduce themselves. Amen, would you like to start? Hello, thank you so much uh, for hosting us. My name is Ayman Nabhani. I'm part of the Elkoi coordinating team and I came to know about this conference through the UN Youth Champion for Environment and Peace. Uh, I remember the first time we met about the Elkoi, it was at Civic Space and we were just discussing the idea of having the youth contributing to this matter. I'm glad to be here with all of you. Thank you, we're glad to have you. Um, Gizem, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, thank you for this opportunity. I'm a previous UN Youth Champion and as I said, um, I also got to know people through UN Youth Champion program and then we um, decided to organize the first local conference of the youth. Um, so I'm a coordinating team member there. Thank you, Gizem. And Martha? Uh, hi, I'm Martha. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. Very pleased to be here. So I'm an ecologist and conservation scientist and I've always wanted to get involved into climate change, uh, especially legislation making processes. I've really been interested in participating in both COP27 and COP15, which is a bit of a less well-known conference of parties. Uh, it's about biodiversity rather than climate change. And I heard about the Conference of Youth, which takes place right before the uh, Conference of Parties. And I thought that was a great opportunity, so I applied. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't make it to Elkoi, even though I, I knew about it. And I participated a little bit in fixing up the output document. But yeah, other than that, I participated in uh, Koi 17 in Egypt. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me today. I'd like to start by asking Amen. As one of the conference coordinators, can you tell us about your experience of setting up the first local conference for youth in Cyprus? Well, I can tell you that it was not easy to set up this conference for the fact that for this is the first conference of youth in the island. It hasn't been done previously. We needed some guidance, we needed a lot of support, and we also needed knowledge that we consume. It needed time and energy from the youth, which we already actually had occupied with other tasks, with our commitment, with everything, but we wanted to have no excuse. Because the matter of climate change in, in Cyprus, like any other places in the world, is affecting all the communities differently, but the youth need to have a voice, and. Um, we started from there. I can tell you that the, what we wanted to do the most is to raise awareness about this matter within different groups living across all the island. And we also wanted to prove that we are, the youth are capable of contributing to this matter and that there is also a space for them, for us, the youth, to channel our voices. It was glad, it was very nice to actually um, meet with activists and uh, youth who are interested about this matter. We exchanged a lot of knowledge. We 
build a lot of relations. And we finally came to produce output documents, recommendations for both the administrations. We're, I think, very proud that we have gone this far, and, but it's not the end, we need to do more. Was it a difficult process when you was trying to set the whole thing up? I mean, administrative side of things, get bringing everyone together. It was indeed. Uh, I can tell you that we, without the support that we received from different organizations, from different uh, seniors and experts in this field, it was very important for us to reach to what we have accomplished so far. It was indeed difficult, and but that was that's that is just a small obstacle. Because as I, as I said, that this matter needs time and commitment and energy, and we need to have it uh, in the center of our uh, decision making in our even daily life. Thank you, Amen. I'd like to ask each of you what activities you would like to see implemented with regard to the three themes of the conference. Um, the first theme was substantial civil society engagement with youth at the core. Martha, can you tell us what activities you would like to see implemented in this regard? Yes, of course. Um, so this theme basically calls for an allowance of youth into decision-making processes. It's, it's a theme where at, a, at its core it bases um, youth engagement into society and into legislation making processes for climate change. So some of the agendas in the output document suggest um, the creation of a youth climate council where through that you would basically have youth between the ages of 16 to 35 participating in, in this climate council which would be able to advise and comment on things like mitigating for climate change and adaptation processes and because youth are essentially the future of the world I mean the future generations and the youth are the ones that are going to be impacted by big things like climate change I think is absolutely crucial to include them in decision-making processes and actually a lot of youth have a lot of ideas that are outside the thinking box of maybe older generations or people that have been in the field for a long time with um, policy making processes. So if you bring fresh minds and fresh ideas to the table, you have a more integrated approach of, of how to implement these uh, processes. And I think it's critical to have fresh minds onto the table and at the end of the day, it's, it's their decision about what they want to do with their future. I, I believe from my experiences that youth have sophisticated and sometimes even science-based, proof-based ideas about what to do. Thank you, Martha, that's very interesting. The second focus area of your group, according to your website, is the green transition through cooperation on renewable energy. Gizem, can you share with us what activities you would like to see implemented in this regard? Well, I would like to start with saying that um, regarding the war, the energy crisis and the oil crisis in the world, it's actually an increasing need that we need there should be more emphasis put on renewable energy sources and it's becoming more and more obvious each day. And I think Cyprus is one of the countries that is really falling behind in this regard. So in our output 
document and doing El Coy there were some suggestions made by our participants, by us. And um, I'd like to give a brief summary of some of them. So there was a suggestion of having a solar panel garden and our suggestion was that it should be by communal, so it should be done with the efforts of both sides and it should be done for the benefit of both communities. Considering that renewable energy sources, there's not really much effort for it in Cyprus. This is very crucial for both sides to work together and have a communal like solar panel project. We discussed that there should be an interconnectivity between two communities to increase the capacity of the electricity. Because as you know, the population is growing every day and the demand for electricity is growing every day. Maybe solar panel, it needs a lot of investment and then maybe it's not very feasible at the moment, but like interconnectivity is something that can be done more conveniently than that. We also discussed that the society needs to be made aware of these green energies, save energy for example. And when we achieve green energy, then it can lead the way for a transition to, let's say, electrical vehicles. So, for example, some people buy electric vehicles at the moment, but then the electricity, the source of it is from um, petrol. Electricity is, the source is oil, so not very efficient. So for an efficient transition, we all agree that both sides should work together to come up with a solution either Inter interconnectivity or the solar panels or maybe another type of renewable energy source. This is very important and we have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it is important. Also raising awareness, I think, is yeah. one of the keys to it as well, isn't it? Raising public awareness of all of these issues. Thank you very much, Gizem. And the third and final topic is our right to access a clean, healthy and sustainable environment. Amen. Can you tell us what activities of the local conference of youth you would like to see implemented? There could be many activities implemented under this theme, uh, but I'd like to actually start by, it's worth mentioning that the United Nations General Assembly voted to declare that the ability to live in a clean, sustainable and healthy environment is a human right. And it actually also called upon all countries companies and international organizations to make this a reality, to make this a practice within the society. So I think we need to, uh, we, we would like to have more activities under this regard and matters related to the recognition of this right mm -hmm. by the local authorities. And this of course could be done by many ways. For example, if the Ministry of Health proposed to the Council of Ministers uh, the legal recognition of a right to live and access a clean and healthy, sustainable environment within the domestic legal system. So the rec recognizing that environment is a human right actually include, but not limited to a society that is free from pollution, from the safe water, it has clean air, healthy food, sustainable shelters. We also look to the matter and think that education is important in this, under this theme. We re request the Ministry of Education to adapt uh, and implement a curriculum across all educational levels for the inclusion of mandatory education in archaeology, 
on sustainability, on environment, on the Cyprus wildlife, and also, of course, environmental rights. Because in Cyprus, like many other places of conflict, environment is neglected. I think also, again, this is the role of youth mm -hmm. to raise awareness about it. It's also very important to have activities uh, related to the um, availability of information, how we can access information related, for example, to a clean uh, and healthy environment. We, we can put into place effective mechanism to, for example, notify residents when there is an area that doesn't have a healthy conditions, polluted air and uh, not clean water, or anything that constitutes a safe condition for people to live in. This is very critical. With that, we also need to have another authority that makes sure that this is done. So by proposing a, a policy, it's also important to pro propose someone who can watch over it to mm -hmm. make sure that this is implemented. We also think that government also should embark on uh, seminars and discussions to enlighten the population about things related to climate change and maybe to provide them with, with some strategies for people to survive in areas of conflict emergency. And I think this is very important also for us to, to have this skill. Those are the activities that interest me and I look forward to see them happening. Thank you, Amen. I look forward to see them happening too. Martha, I believe you represented Cyprus at the Conference of Youth and Environment in Egypt before the Conference of Parties. I'm sure our audience would be interested to hear about your experience there. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it was me and several other Cypriots, both from, from both sides. This, this took place in early November and it was right before the Conference of Parties, like you mentioned. So the Conference of Youth, its purpose is to create this global youth statement where it then gets sent to the Conference of Parties and the thoughts and the ideas birthed in that Conference of Youth is then given to Conference of Parties to include in their outcome statement and hopefully actually implement some of these actions. The trip to Egypt was interesting to say the least. <laughs> I mean Egypt itself is a, an interesting place to visit. Unfortunately I can't say that the Conference of Youth was the most well-planned and well-organized conference I've been to but it was a good start and we did have some productive workshops and trainings and activities going on. Can so I just ask how many youth like from different countries participated? It was it was a decent number. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it amounted to something like 600 to 800 participants. There were quite a few of us. And the main activities we did so we had 3 days of all-day workshops and all-day all-day activities, some of which were the youth giving their thoughts and uh, their suggestions to go into the output document which was the main focus of the conference and then outside that we had some workshops that included things like board games and of course some, some uh, lectures by some very experienced people 
some other youth which shared their experiences and how they got to have a voice in their own government and implement their own uh, thoughts and ideas into climate change agendas in, in their own respective countries. So some of the um, workshops that I attended, one that really stuck with me I think was uh, a board game where each of us represented a stakeholder in, in the climate system. So some of us were least developed countries, others were um, oil exporting countries and so on and so forth and, and we had to come together and come to agreements to see how to progress in the climate change agenda and there was a simulation that was developed and according to our proposals on what to do according to who we were representing as well we implemented those thoughts into the simulation and the simulation would tell us how much we've achieved to stop climate change. Well, and interestingly, interesting, yeah, yeah. interestingly enough, at the beginning, we, we did this about two times. So at the beginning, nobody was really sure of how to go about it and everybody wanted to serve their own benefits as anyone really does. Mm -hmm. um, and as the world is doing right now. So each stakeholder was trying to benefit themselves and we ended up with something like a plus three degrees warming and we were a group of very much aware and I believe caring individuals towards reducing the climate change impact and once we saw that we, we all went like okay I think we need to take a step back and actually make more drastic actions and then that really puts you into place of how actually difficult it is to achieve what the world is trying to achieve right now with with reducing uh, climate change impact, but actually the drastic actions that need to happen and they need to happen quickly if things are to improve. Um, so that was really interesting. Other than that workshop, we had other things like, of course the, thing I was, the things I was interested in uh, were the, the workshops I participated. So I, I took part in a lot of biodiversity and conservation workshops where we talked about how climate change impacts biodiversity and how to deal with that because of course that's a bit big aspect of climate change and the environment. Yeah, I think attending conferences like this is mm. so important for all our youth to actually yeah. become more knowledgeable and share what yeah. you've learnt there with others. Yeah. That's all part of raising awareness and dealing with the issues at hand. Thank you, Martha. Um, Gizem, a statement was prepared following our first conference in Cyprus and delivered to both leaders on the island during the UN end-of-year reception in December. Can you tell us what are the group's next steps and what do you expect from the leaders? Of course, actually, exciting things are waiting us, I believe. Now we have an experience of how to organize the event and then we had such an enthusiastic crowd, the turnout was great, recruiting more people to the team. And now we would like to pass our experience to other people, expand the team and perhaps maybe next Elcor will be even better and bigger than that. So in the next few weeks we are aiming to recruit more, more people. And then we have some steps towards getting our output document out there. And we did gave it to the environmental technical community and get their views on this. And then, you know, our output document also addresses local people other than leaders and administrations. 
So it's not only politicians that we are actually addressing mm-hmm. in our output document. Um, we actually had a couple of meetings this week and we decided on some further steps other than finding new members. So we are in touch with Anfisip. We will get in touch with Environmental Technical Committee, as I said. Um, we have an upcoming event, potentially. We are trying to improve our experience, different workshops with the health of Anfisip, uh, like advocacy workshops, or how can we improve our strategic planning, let's say. And they're amazing, they're very helpful with that. And we will potentially have an, another event in March that is supported by British High Commission. It's very exciting. To it is very exciting and we look forward to following your progress in all of your initiatives and you know things that you're doing. I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, 